Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the motherfucking Silver Emotion Podcast. I'm your host, Will Kalf. Are you ready to get funky? <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to the Silver Emulsion Podcast. This is the first episode, and um, this is not the first time that I have attempted to record this. I'm probably on the, I don't know, in the in the double digits at this point. Um, I got up to 20-something minutes the first time, and then decided, based on where I got on that, that I would re-record the whole thing um, with a new sort of focus. Um, I don't have a specific plan for the podcast. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing. But in making all these weird um, failed recordings, I did kind of land upon a general structure that may or may not work. I haven't actually tried it. I am trying it right now. And so maybe uh, maybe it'll be great. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I should shoot for great right out of the box, but, you know, fucking aim big. <laughs> Is that what they say? Aim big? That sounds fucking completely wrong. Aim big. What is it? Wish big? No. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Aim high? That's a fucking aim high. Yeah, that doesn't... Does that apply to this? I don't know. I'm assuming you can hear my creaky chair. It's actually less creaky than it usually is. So, uh, But it will be my co-host. Because <laughs> it's just me on this motherfucker. Okay, I hinted at that there would be some kind of structure. And the structure is basically... Um, based on the movies that I watch during the week that I don't review. And so what I've decided to do is pick out one or two of those movies to make kind of a feature discussion. Um, well, I mean, discussion with myself. Um, and, I, and I don't want it to be like some fucking lecture or whatever. I, I, I always want it to be as informal as if I was just hanging out and just having a conversation and then uh, a, a shorter section where I sort of, yeah, this is a good movie, check it out, or no, it's a piece of shit. Um, maybe that'll be the, 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 the actual segment. Is it good or is it a piece of shit? <laughs> what? I, I doubt anybody else has a, a similar uh, concept. I mean... I don't know. Who knows? There's at this point, there's probably 10 million podcasts, and everything's been done. So, what's the point? Uh, the point is to uh, continue to strive. So this uh, this podcast feature talk or discussion or rambling. I should call it a rambling because God only knows where it's going to go. Uh, it's going to be on a couple of the movies. That's another thing, too, that I just want to say. The co-host is my squeaky chair, 
The other co-host is my fucking lip smacking <laughs> because I do a lot of it. And no matter what I do, this fucking mic picks up every goddamn detail and minute fucking of my fucking stupid mouth smacking. So I, I, I'm aware of it. Yes, I know it. Uh, I'm trying to not do it, and maybe through the podcast, I will eventually uh, not do it, but (laughs) as it stands, uh, you gotta put up with it. The two movies that I picked out for this week um, is a movie that I, both movies I have seen before, but I saw them uh, many years ago. I could tell you when I saw them not that it matters specifically. Oh, that's another thing. Sometimes my I have a gap in my tooth, so it, my S's kind of whistle sometimes, and I I can move the mic so that it doesn't really pick it up too bad. And I think I have it in a good place, but I may listen back and there's fucking a bunch of fucking whistles. So if if that's the case, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know. All my fucking self consciousness. Self-consciousnesses, <laughs> all uh, all my shit that all my vulnerabilities are coming out. So, come drink with me is the first movie that I picked out, and then the the second movie is um, the kind of pseudo sequel, um, the Golden Swallow, or just Golden Swallow. It's not the Golden Swallow. It's just Golden Swallow. So, so uh. Come Drink With Me is a 1966 movie um, by the Shaw Brothers studio, uh, directed by the one and only King Who. Maybe it's King Hugh, maybe it's King Who. I don't particularly know. I'm not great on Chinese pronunciation. I try my best. If I get it wrong and you know it's wrong, correct me, you know, if you're a Chinese speaker or something. Um, And I would be happy to know. And that's uh, something to say too, uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, letters you want to write, questions to ask, anything like that, you can email me at will at silvermotion.com. And if I remember, and I probably won't, I will say this again at the end of the podcast. But anyway, uh, Come Drink With Me is a, uh, it's a great movie, and it's probably one of the most well-known uh, in the entire Shaw catalog, it's usually um, I see it come up as like this is the first, you know, martial arts movie or the not the first martial arts, but the first uh, the first big hit martial arts or the first Shaw Brothers movie, uh, Shaw martial arts movie or whatever. And that's not the case. It, there are a few movies that come before it. Uh, but it is within the first small handful of movies uh, that the Shaw Studio made uh, once they had transitioned into making color martial arts movies. So anyway, so the first time I saw it Come Drink With Me, it was right at the beginning of the Shaw series. So um, I had seen a number of Shaw movies over the years. I saw a couple when I was a teenager. I saw a few more in the intervening years before I 
opened the site in 2010, and I was a teenager, like, in the late 90s. Um, well, in the 90s, I should say. Uh, anyway. So, when I started the Shaw series, I started it because I, I was watching older movies such as Magic Blade, Shallon Intruders, uh, what else did I watch around that time? I don't remember. But I watched a bunch, and I liked them all, except I didn't really like Magic Blade, and that's the movie that really kicked me into wanting to do the Shaw series, uh, because I heard nothing but top-notch, this fucking movie is so great, and fucking Magic Blade, Magic Blade, and it's fucking called Magic Blade, and it's T-Long, and... You know, Jesus Christ, how can I not like this movie? And I watched it, and I was kind of disappointed. I didn't think that it was um, really up to the level that I had expected based on the hype. Um, so then, but but like like sometimes movies will, they won't hit me, but at the same time they'll hit me in some subconscious way or something where I... I don't particularly like it necessarily, or I, I don't like it as much as I think I should or whatever, but there's something about it that sticks with me that makes me want to revisit it or wants makes me want to reevaluate, makes me question my initial evaluation of it. So when I saw The Magic Blade, I felt that. I felt like I didn't care for it as much as I should, and I felt like a lot of my problems with the Magic Blade were because I wasn't well-versed enough in Shaw Brothers movies, for one, and um, at the time I called them swordplay movies, because uh, that's what I grew up calling them, but... Um, I I now know like oh no wuxia is the is the genre you know and and when I I had never really learned to distinguish the two as as specific genres before I always thought of them like oh this is a kung fu movie there's fighting there's not wires or if there are wires it's very limited nobody's flying but there might be a, like a wire assisted kick or something like that especially in, like, Jet Li's movies. There's a lot of stuff like that. Um, and then there's movies where people are flying and they have swords and all kinds of crazy shit is happening, like Tai Chi Master or something like that. And, but I didn't think of them as different genres. Anyway, Magic Blade, it came, and I was just like, oh, man, come I sh I, you know, I'm missing key components in order to fully grasp this movie and maybe when I get back up to it I'm pretty close now because that's I think 76 and I'm currently almost um, almost done with 74 and I don't know let me see if 75 is a big year it's not too big it's it's less than 74 for sure although I haven't gone through and made sure that there's no extra movies for 75 so and there's usually always at least three or four that i've missed or whatever 
anyway, okay, so come drink with me. You know, that's the one thing about about the way that I think and talk and stuff. I'm, I fucking go off the rails. I tangent upon tangent upon tangent, and I totally forget what the fuck I was talking about. So I'm going to try to rein that in as much as possible, but I do want the, the, the podcast to be as freeform and uh, stream of consciousness and, you know, uh, I don't know, free as possible. I don't particularly want to edit. I don't want to waste time like that on on this. I just want to have this to be just sort of a, an outlet. You know, talk about some shit, and then maybe people will respond, and maybe not, and, you know, I'll do a few and fucking stop doing it. I don't know. So you better respond if you want more. (laughs) I shouldn't say that, because then nobody will respond on purpose. (laughs) Shut this fucker down. (laughs) So anyway, so I wasn't particularly equipped to deal with the movie. I, I recognized it as a unique um, piece of work in the Shaw catalog as I knew it at that time, but I wasn't fully aware of the extent of that. The other thing that time has given me in addition to the context of Shaw Brothers is I've now also seen uh, three other King Who movies, Dragon Inn, Touches Inn, and The Fate of Lee Khan, and all three of those are fucking brilliant, dope movies that transcend uh, what you normally think of as a martial arts movie. Fate of Lee Khan, less so. That's a little more um, traditional, but at the same time, it's very unique. So that doesn't two fucking contradicting statements. Uh, but anyway, Dragon Inn is uh, a fucking landmark movie. It's kind of like the scene in uh, Come Drink With Me where she comes to the in and there's a lot of tension there at the end and there's a little fight and you know like they're awaiting her there uh, but it all happens relatively quickly then in Dragon Inn it's all the whole movie is kind of built around that sort of interaction it's all about tension it's all about building expectations and then releasing it with these fucking glorious uh, well choreographed and well shot martial arts sequences but King Hu is you can tell that he doesn't specifically care about the martial arts as much as he does the tension and the relationships to characters and things like that so they're more traditional movies like don't go in expecting fucking action movies because they're not really action movies they're movies that are dramatically engaging but they also have action so they're fucking dope basically (laughs) um then touch of zen is a movie that goes well beyond the scope of most martial arts movies it it's multi-genre it's long it fucking covers 
grand questions of humanity and religion and spiritual questions and it goes all over the fucking place it's a great 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 movie um really fantastic i can't talk enough about how great it is i mean i know it's only talked about it for like 30 seconds but it's it's fucking good and then fate of lee khan um not as good as the other two or even come drink with me but uh, it's it's a variation on the Dragon Inn situation where everybody's coming to the inn and it, all these different factions are going to meet at the inn and then clash. In Fate of Lee Khan, there's a bunch of factions at the inn waiting for another person. They're waiting for Lee Khan to come uh, to the inn. And so you see all of this, uh, like, the... The people in Le- Fate of Lee Khan that are at the end, you don't know uh, which side they're on in many cases. So you're not sure who's the hero and who's a villain. And that you just watch these varying people kind of double cross one another and sort of make these sort of chess moves uh, in order to set other people up. And you're not quite sure of the order you know of who's who and what's what and eventually you figure it out as time goes on and it makes the movie very interesting and then you always have this looming hanging uh thing of lee khan is coming and lee khan's fate will be decided when he comes and so it's this big you know very rich um uh, setup that then is thoroughly fucking uh, engaged and uh, concluded in a great third act with the friggin' dope. (laughs) I just said friggin'. (laughs) Uh, The fucking dope fight. Anyway, so now I've... And they're all kind of of a similar style. King Who is... He has a style. I don't... Again, I'm, I'm... a little brain farty right now so I don't I, I can't think straight because it's late <clears throat> but he has a style and all of the movies exhibit this style and so now when I go back to watch Come Drink With Me I see the style is in full effect it's completely different than a Shaw Brothers style movie it has it's totally a King Who feel and it worked great and it's it, King, uh, Come Drink With Me is, is much more of a straight-ahead action movie than his other movies. And possibly because Shaw Brothers were a little more um, strict with their directors. They didn't let them kind of go off the rails as creatively as they might want to. Like King Who left Shaw Brothers after Come Drink With Me to make Dragon Inn independently in Taiwan. Uh, because he could basically do what he wanted with that. There may have been other directors that that um, got uh, creative control. Uh, the only one that I'm specifically aware of is uh, Cheng Che, who, uh, after he made uh, One-Armed Swordsman, and it was the first Hong Kong movie to make a million million Hong Kong dollars, and it was a big fucking hit, and it made... Um, 
movies in Hong Kong like a big thing. I just read a thing today about how uh, movies prior to the Shaw uh, martial arts uh, renaissance or whatever, because there were martial arts movies before that going all the way back to uh, the Shanghai film industry during the silent era, which then the Shanghai filmmakers went to Hong Kong, um, if I remember right. I read a book about it uh, a couple of years ago. Anyway, so um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the thing that I read today was that uh, movies were traditionally, when they were female-led prior to Chang Che uh, redefining them, with his movies, uh, when they were female-led, they were basically aimed at females to watch, and uh, movies were thought of as this frivolous thing that men who had to do all this work, you know, they were like, they had to take care of the family and whatever, had to go to work, uh, they were, movies were too frivolous, frivolous for them. Uh, to engage with, so movies were all aimed at females and starring females, and that's kind of how it was. And then Cheng Che was just like, "No, like we're gonna make some fucking dude movies," <laughs> and then he went to define, you know, some of the most masculine, testosterone-fueled movies of all time, you know. Which and that his movies still resonate throughout action cinema uh, around the world to this day. I say that, but I don't watch a lot of modern action movies, so I don't actually know. But I imagine that that uh, if nothing else, the people that uh, Cheng Che influenced, such as John Woo or Soi Hark or whoever, um, Jackie Chan. I don't know that Jackie Chan is. It's, specifically influenced by Cheng Che, but he is, you know, of the lineage that came after Cheng Che. Anyway, so I watched Come Drink With Me, and it was great. It was really good experience to, to see it uh, all these years later. And Cheng Pei Pei was fucking phenomenal. She really holds that movie together, and she's just fucking ferocious in that movie. So then the other movie that I watched uh, was Golden Swallow, which is the sequel that Cheng Che made. And when I watched that movie, that movie is uh, came out in 1968, so a couple of years after Come Drink With Me. And I watched that towards the end of 2011. So the uh, same year, so I was still pretty like locked in. I was unfortunate in that I had very incredibly high expectations for this movie. Um, the two previous Chang Che movies were One Armed Swordsman and then uh, The Assassin. And I love both of those movies. Both of those movies are fucking phenomenal. So then Golden Swallow, going into that, it's like, okay, this is fucking Chang Che's next movie. It's going to be dope. It's a sequel to one of the biggest, most well-known martial arts movies of all time, Come Drink With Me. Okay, let's do that. And then also, uh, around this time, I was getting ready to move, and uh, I was able to get a hold of Cheng Che's memoir through Interlibrary Loan. And so I voraciously read it, 
because I had to return it relatively quickly. So I read the whole thing, and Ching Che talks a lot about Golden Swallow in it. And he talks about how, um, as an artist, he was always looking for the next thing, looking for something else to, to forward his art. He didn't want to make the same movie over and over and over. He didn't want to make the same wuxia movies. He didn't, he, you know, he wanted to do something new. And if, if you are aware of that and you watch all of his movies during these, I mean, even even the movies going up to where I am now in the, in the 74, um, it still holds true. He's always like continually moving something forward in each movie. So anyway, so he talks about Golden Swallow and he says that at that time, Wuxia was a big thing. Shabathers had been making color martial arts movies, which are basically all Wuxia at that time. And so Cheng Che was supposedly getting tired of all the Wuxia. He, he wanted to break free from Wuxia. So he said to himself or whatever, however it happened, um, he made Golden Swallow and he wanted to make the definitive Wuxia. And according to his memoir, he succeeded. And he, he says in the memoir something like, you know, I made the best Wuxia. It's the fucking pinnacle of what could be made at that time. So I moved on. But anyway, so Golden Swallow, I had all this hype and then I watched it and I was just like, I don't know. It's all right. It's kind of fucking boring, though. And so anyway, so now five years have gone by. And I've now rewatched it, and uh, the first time around I did kind of expect something like Come Drink With Me, which is not a good way to come into a movie um, with expectations, but it is a sequel, and so as an American, I have sort of uh, Western ideas of sequels and what they should be or what they shouldn't be, and so I took that into the movie, and it didn't really go well. But now, um, all these years later, I know that that's not going to be the movie that I'm going to get. So in rewatching it, I realized just how like fundamentally different it is. And if you watch the two movies, you get a good sense of the two directors' sensibilities, uh, King Hu and Cheng Che. They're both making movies for different purposes. They're both... Um, reaching for something different with each movie they're very different people and those two movies really like show that uh, i don't know better than any other movies because you could probably pair something up with touches end and it would be a better comparison because the their styles are more advanced by that point but at this early stage there's no better movies to compare than Come Drink With Me and Golden Swallow. And so in realizing that Golden Swallow is going for a completely different um, style, it opens up the whole movie. It's it's very uh, complex and challenging, and you, you it doesn't... Like, it's, it's an action movie, 
and it's got a lot of action and it's got a lot of blood and it's it's a Chang Chi movie, but it's also subtle and it wants you to really wrestle with these emotions of the love triangle. Each one of these people is a martial arts master. And in order to achieve achieve something like that, they have to give up something because the, the dedication required for that is immense. So each each person in the love triangle is dealing with the external struggle of the love triangle, but the, the real struggle is how each person relates to their own martial arts and their idea of the dedication that they want to give to the martial life and how great skill will alienate you. So like you have the Jimmy Wang Yu character that's like known throughout the land as a, the fucking greatest swordsman. He's fucking amazing. Uh, Golden Swallow, Cheng Pei Pei's character says something about how they, they studied at the same uh, under the same master and all of the students learned the same things except for Jimmy Wang Yu, uh, what's his character's name? Silver Rock. So, <laughs> Silver, Ro- Silver Rock, um, he learned everything that everybody else learned, but he also learned this fucking extra technique that the master didn't think anybody could learn, or what, he didn't teach it. Like, Jimmy Wang Yu just went in and fucking learned it on his own because he's that badass, right? And so, so he's like that, he's super badass, and it's really his defining character point. Like, he loves Ching Pei Pei, and he wants to be with her at some level because he wanted it in the past, but he's so far beyond actually being with her because he's focused so much on the martial life uh, perhaps because he is was frustrated as a youth. I mean, he's still young, but, you know, whenever they were training together, he was frustrated that he didn't make the move or he missed an opportunity or whatever. And so he, he transitioned those emotions into fuel for his his uh, his martial studies. And so when we meet him in the movie, he is amazing. Like, not necessarily as a, a film performer. Um, he performs the, the choreography well. And, you know, he, he's serviceable. He's fine. So anyway, uh, Jimmy Wang Yu is so badass that, like, I mean, he he decimates anybody that comes around him. Like, there's multiple times in the movie where he slaughters, like, 25 people all coming at him at once. And I don't... I'd have to check, 
but I'm pretty sure that every villain in the movie that comes up against Jimmy Wang Yu is uh, vanquished within a single sword swing. If it's not a single one, it's like two. It's literally almost everybody is taken care of with a single swing. That's how good he is. And in, in there's sections of the fights where it's like he takes out all the underlings and then somebody will be like, oh, well, now I'm going to throw the fucking five elders at your ass. And he goes, okay, whatever. And then they come and they're all one fucking swing and he just takes all five of them out. You know, and these are moments when in a different movie you might see a big fight with the henchmen and then a big fight with the five elders and then a big fight with the boss but in in this situation Jimmy Wang you literally takes them all out with like one swipe not one swipe to everybody but like one swipe for this guy one swipe for that guy maybe one swipe for two or three guys you know he does a lot of that too where he just swipes across like five guys stomachs <laughs> You know, so he's so, so overwhelmingly good as a swordsman that, like, he's he's the most desperate for connection, but he's also the most incapable of connecting with people. And 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 even in in the way that he 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 wants to connect with Golden Swallow, and throughout the whole movie, it's like, how does he try to connect with her? He doesn't come and see her and say, "Hey, what's up?" He he kills people, and <laughs> like frames her for killing them, so that she'll come out to fight him. And you know everything that he's trying to do is is in relation to his martial skill it's like clouded his whole being so i'm gonna try to end it here the fact that we can revisit a movie uh, especially over a period of time you know five years ago i was a different person anybody you know you go five years and um unless you know you have some brain injury or something you're going to have five years more of experience and five years more of uh, just life, you know, under your belt. And so you should be able to take that and sort of look at things differently. And some movies, there's nothing under the surface and they're always going to hit the same way. And, you know, that's just the way they are. But other movies, um, such as Golden Swallow and Come Drink With Me, do they're they're good candidates like if you thought they were okay watch them again and specifically with come drink with me i would say watch other king hu movies before you come back and watch come drink with me because and and even watch a bunch of other 60s shaw brothers movies and then you really see how much better Come Drink With Me is as a just an entire production. Um, so anyway, what I want to get at is this, this idea that I've been... It's really been like the defining idea of 2016 for me. Um, it started with... Uh, and I, I cannot go down this fucking rabbit hole because I could literally talk for fucking four hours on this next thing so I gotta really really lock it down um, but this idea 
of, uh, and it kind of comes from Mark Maron. Um, it's something that I had been thinking of, but I didn't have a name for it. And Mark Maron talks about it in a way, and he he says, um, if if you trust the director and you don't like the movie, but you trust the artist, then it's not on them for making a bad movie necessarily. I mean, maybe they made a bad movie, but more than likely, if you trust them as great artists, then you should be able to revisit that piece of art and uh, decipher the intent. And so what he calls it, he, he puts, he names it, you got to reckon with the art. So this has been a theme of 2016 for me. And it all started because uh, at the beginning of this year, like New Year's Day, actually, I saw the new J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie. And it does a lot of things that I had always wanted a new Star Wars movie to do that the prequels did not. And I should be loving it, but I'm watching the movie and I'm not loving it at all. <laughs> and so it kind of fucked with my brain because I was seeing things that I had wanted for all these years, but I didn't want them when I saw them. And I realized that there was a flaw in my desires. And I didn't necessarily understand that when I was watching the movie, but I, I knew that something was wrong, and I knew that this movie was not good. <clears throat> so this sent me on a spiral of many months of watching... Star Wars movies and Star Wars related movies and George Lucas movies and uh, all kinds of shit. And I went on this whole bender trying to figure out, basically at the end of the day, trying to figure out what it is that I love about Star Wars. Just I'm reckoning with the idea of Star Wars as a piece of art. And what is it about the original trilogy that I love and that does not translate to the new one and why isn't the new one um, in that same definition of art for me anyway I don't want to go into that because that'll be a, you know I could do a whole fucking podcast series on that and I don't want to talk about it but what I do want to talk about is that with come drink with me and golden swallow I was both uh, like I liked them but I was kind of lukewarm on both of them initially um, but I trust both of the artists now implicitly and to return to the art now with a full trust of both artists and a more of a, uh, more of a greater understanding of the time period of Hong Kong movies and also uh, the body of work of both King Hu and Cheng Che. I, I revisited the movie with an open mind and with an idea of trying to reckon with the art and not so much that like, oh, Cheng Che made a, a fucking 
an okay movie in Golden Swallow. Let's see if I like it. It was more of like, okay, he made this movie that I didn't necessarily get the first time. And so let's try to get it this time. And so I totally did. So it was a great experience. So basically I'm saying, open your mind, um, be open to things. Uh, film is art. Not all films are art, obviously, but in any case where there's a director that has a vision and that vision is allowed to uh, flourish and be uh, put on screen and it's not edited or it's not fucked with or whatever, um, then and, and you don't like the movie, trust the artist, open your mind, open your heart, figure out what it is that they're trying to do with the movie and then maybe you will come to an understanding and you will like the movie um, because as humans if we remain closed we never grow and what is life but a, a growth process so that's my <laughs> that's my uh, my story on uh, come drink with me and golden swallow and so very quickly now, I want to go into the segment, what, was it, what did I call it? Is it good or is it a piece of shit? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start uh, the movie, so starting on Mondays and then and then maybe next week I'll have next Monday. So I'll go Monday to Sunday. So uh, on Monday I watched, the Monday before whatever, Monday the 19th, I watched Killer Workout. It's a 1987 movie. Um, it's definitely a piece of shit. If you want more than that, write in and I'll talk about it more. The next movie I watched is a spaghetti western from the director of Day of Anger, and I don't remember his name right now and I don't want to look it up, um, but the movie is called A Reason to Live, A Reason to Die. And... Uh, it's not good. It's not quite a piece of shit. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, then I watched a movie called Up the Creek, which is an 80s... Uh, it's kind of a sex comedy, but it's... Yeah, it's not really. It's not great. I'm going to say it's a piece of shit. <clears throat> it's, pro it's not quite as shitty as some movies, but it could be a lot better. Then I watched Mark Maron's new special, uh, More Later, that came out last year, but I just got a hold of it now, and that's definitely good. If you like Mark Maron, it's fucking a no-brainer. Uh, if you don't like Mark Maron, I don't know if you're going to like it, uh, but try it. It's it's uh, it's fun. He's funny. And that is Sunday. So that's it. So that's the podcast, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to edit some of this down. Right now, I'm at an hour and six minutes, roughly. So whatever I ended this down to, it's probably going to be a lot shorter than that. But uh, in any case, thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Will, once again, uh, silveremulsion.com. And if you want to suggest anything or 
uh, write a question in or whatever, uh, you can email me at will at silveremulsion.com and uh, I'll read it on air and answer it on air or whatever. Uh, uh, and uh, so long. See you next week. Thank you.